Welcome to the Generosity Podcast at Abiding Hope Church. I'm Pastor Jay Gamblin. Over the last several years, we've had a chance to look into the stories of Scripture and what they have to tell us about living a generous life. In this encore presentation from 2020, Pastor Doug shares with us a key passage from 2 Corinthians, which informs us just how much God is counting on us to live out the vision and reign of God in the world. We pray that this conversation will inspire you to live a generous life. Welcome back to our fourth Spirit Unleashed podcast. Today our topic is God is Counting on Us. And I'm going to be using a passage here from 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And I'm going to be reading the first eight verses. So hang with me on this. This, these These are powerful verses from St. Paul. St. Paul wrote, We want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that has been granted to the churches of Macedonia. For during a severe ordeal of affliction, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For as I can testify, they voluntarily gave according to their means, and even beyond their means, begging us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in this ministry to the saints. And this, not merely as we expected, they gave themselves first to the Lord and by the will of God to us, so that we might urge Titus that as he had already made a beginning, so he should also complete this generous outtaking among you. Now, as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, and in our love for you, So we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking. I do not say this as a command, but I am testing the genuineness of your love against the earnestness of others. These are powerful words from St. Paul. I don't know if you caught in there the, the polemic between the people of Macedonia and the people of Corinth. Paul is, is writing to, to, to the church in Corinth, and they were wealthy. You heard him name here, you excel in everything. <laughs> you excel in speech, in faith, in knowledge, in eagerness, and you even excel in our love for you. Meanwhile, the people of Macedonia were poor. They had nothing. They had, had endured great affliction. And yet when Paul and Titus and, had come to visit them, they begged them to support, to fund their ministry. They begged them to be able to to be generous toward them. Meanwhile, the church in Corinth, who had the means, was still thinking primarily of themselves. And we know that was a problem. If you read 1 Corinthians, there were divisions in that church and so forth. But isn't it interesting that they were the wealthy community? And so here we are today. I'm very mindful that I'm the lead pastor of a white suburban, upper-middle-class, wealthy congregation. We have so many resources. We have an embarrassment of riches. We, we not only have financial wealth, we have uh, educational wealth. If, imagine if we went through our congregation and added up all of the degrees, the advanced degrees that we have at Abiding Hope. Look at, look at the jobs and the security that most of us enjoy 
at Abiding Hope. Even though we've gone through COVID, we haven't seen many of our people who've lost jobs. Some have, and I don't want to diminish that. Some have taken pay cuts, but the vast majority work jobs that are important and that are necessary. Many are governmental jobs, and, 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 and we receive high wages, high compensation, and high stability. We are a blessed community, and we're a blessed congregation, and God is counting on us. Should we as pastors really be weak in challenging a congregation like Abiding Hope to be generous? Should we be concerned that talking about money might upset somebody? Should we hold back a little bit because we know that, that people are, are, are making choices for their money, choices for their dollars that are putting stress on themselves because they're maybe overspending? And if we bring up the money topic, it, it feels to them like we're piling on, like we're, we're adding to their pain when in reality, the pain is caused by self-inflicted poor financial decisions? What if being generous is the first step toward financial well-being? And when I say financial well-being, I'm, I'm not talking about being rich or having a lot of money. I'm talking about financial well-being in the sense that you feel good about how you use the money God has given you in your life. I think generosity is that first step. I think when we put God first, when we put the needs of the world first, when we put the needs of the poor first, suddenly everything else in our lives begins to line up. Suddenly we, we see our money not as something to be used for ourselves to satisfy our own needs or desires, our own greed, if I can say that, but we begin to see money as a tool that God has blessed us with to be used for the well-being of the world. So what if financial well-being isn't about your bank account? What if financial well-being is about your attitude toward money? Is it yours, uh, uh, something to own and possess, or is it a tool to be aligned with your spirituality, to be aligned with God's vision for who you're created to be as a child of God, aligned with God's vision for, for uh, how we're called to live our lives as children of God. I think generosity is, is a key, key component to our spiritual wellness. And that's why St. Paul here in chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians is challenging the church in Corinth. He's saying, look guys, look, look over here. Here's a poor community who gives everything. And certainly we've had those experiences. When I go to Haiti, I see the poorest of the poor of the world pouring it all out for us to have a meal. One meal, spending a month or two months worth of wages just to feed us wealthy white people from the United States. And I'm, I'm in awe of that level of generosity. And I, when I experience it, I walk away thinking, why am I not that generous? I have so much. Why does 10% seem like a big number? Why does that seem like such a big deal? Why is it so hard for me to, to sit down and think about giving to God so that God can be a blessing in other people's lives as well? God is counting on us. God doesn't command us, as Paul says here, I'm not commanding you. I'm inviting you. I'm encouraging you. And I think that's what this conversation is about. If you've never sat down and taking a hard look at your finances and where your spending is, 
and discerned how it is that you can you can take 10% off the top first fruits in order to offer to God I encourage you this year go through that exercise. If you're married, talk to your spouse. If you have kids, include your kids in this conversation. This isn't financial, it's spiritual. And God is counting on us. We have so much. It's our turn in in the course of history right now. It's our turn in this place of the world here to be the heart, hands, and feet of Jesus so that all people can experience real life. This is our place in the course of humanity to be able to either model greed, selfishness, accumulation, or model generosity, compassion, love. Our kids are watching. And not only are our kids learning from us, our kids are counting, in addition to God, our kids are counting on us, setting a stage for the future that will perpetuate life for them and for their kids, and for their grandkids, and beyond. This is a big deal, and this is the time. I'm praying for you. I hope that you're in prayer for me. Be in prayer for our congregation as we go through this generosity journey. May the Spirit of God that that was in the people of Macedonia be in us so that we might stand as a model for others for what it means to be truly generous people. God loves each of you, and I do too. 